Welcome back to another episode of Life with Lamb. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today on the podcast, I have Dan Chang, also known as the Flexing Physio. Dan and I have been following each other for a while now, and I could not be more excited about this episode. The two of us talk about his upbringing from moving from Taiwan to New Zealand to New South Wales and now Melbourne. And we talk about the career conversations that he had when he was growing up. At the ripe age of 25, Dan has gone through a very streamlined pathway, but managed to find something that he is completely in love with, which I adore so much about him. I really love this chat with Dan because we talk about the stigma surrounding physiotherapy and the stereotypes that go alongside it. And I think the main reason that he created the Flexing Physio account was to not only have a presence for his own physio practice, but to also break down the stigma surrounding massages, treatment and rehab and just what a physio does in general. What really struck out to me was the idea of counselling for his clients and how Dan manages that, which we discuss further on in the podcast. Dan and I talk about content creation. He's been absolutely cooking it up recently. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to the episode and I'm sure that you'll soon find out how high energy, charismatic and happy this man is. Thank you, Dan, for hopping on the podcast and I cannot wait for you guys to tune in. But before we dive into the episode, please, 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 if you get the chance, Follow me on Instagram at Life with Lamb Podcast, and be sure to rate the show five stars as it helps so, 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 so much. That is all from me. Enjoy the episode and take care. Welcome back to another episode of Life with Lamb. Today I'm here with Dan, Dan the man, or Dan Chang, the flexing physio. I'm so excited. How Likewise, are you? man. I'm, I'm doing really well. First of all, thank you for inviting me to your home. I drove all the way out here just to just to do this podcast. So you should feel very honored. I am very, <laughs> I'm extremely honored. No, like you, you drove very far and you came straight after work. 6 a.m. wake up, I believe. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I like to get my day started yeah. early. Because yes. I, I know if I don't train in the morning, there's no way I'm going to train after work. Yep, definitely. I, I think, yeah, I do feel b- burnt out after work. So mm. good on you for doing that. Thank and you. you brought monsters. How good. You brought pres- presents. Monsters remind me of my uni days because I definitely sung, and especially the silver the silver monster cans. They um they were my best friend during uni. And every time, and this is not a sponsored video, by the way. I wish it was. Monster, but, please sponsor us. Yeah, we're going to be like off our chops if they did. <laughs> Um, but I used to bring a couple, um, not a couple, just like one or two to uni and just drink them through the day. But it's definitely helped me get through a lot of hard times. So this brings back a lot of memories. So I thought I'd bring one and share with you, man. Amazing. Let's crack it open. We'll yeah, crack it live it. on the podcast. Love it. It's a bit of ASMR. Exactly. Oh, Whoa, that crack, man. Cheers. Cheers, man. Cheers. Awesome. Now, Dan, before you take your first, actually take your first sip. All we'll right, take our me. first sip. Does it bring back memories? Beautiful. Yeah, too many. <laughs> too many. Too many. Good some or bad? Good, some bad, yeah. <laughs> Mostly bad, but you know. Mostly bad, fair <laughs> enough. Dan, talk to us. The Flexing Physio, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so my name's Dan. Nice to meet you guys and um, thanks for listening. So my name's Dan and I, I work as a physiotherapist. I started this Flexing Physio Instagram about two years ago now. And recently, actually, it's just been it's just been growing pretty pretty fast. And they say that reels are where it's at in terms of getting reach and all that. And that couldn't be truer. So I make predominantly funny funny re- memes, like physio related memes. Um, and I think pe- you don't have to be a physio to get a giggle. 
out of some of them. And a lot of them I actually targeted for the general population as well because in physiotherapy, there's a lot of misconceptions. And so sometimes breaking them down in a funny way is also helpful Yeah, for the gen pop. But mostly my target audience are physio, upper physios, uh, students, new grads, because you know, there's a lot to navigate in the, in the physio world. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what I do. That's not my full-time job. Unfortunately, I'd love to do, um, social media full-time, be a mini Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> a mini Jaden. Okay. I love it. And, um, but yeah, so I work as a physio. I work three days in private practice and two days I'm in aged care. Um, very different ends of the spectrum. One spectrum is more, you know, athletes, office workers, young kids, you know, and the other end of the spectrum is more people at the end of the life. Life stage, which a lot of people go, well, why do they need physio? Well, they need physio just like anyone else. And it's not about getting them running 100 meter in like nine seconds. It's more about quality of life, keeping muscle, balance, you name it. And we try to do it as best as we can. Outside of work, I am a bit of a clown. (laughs) (laughs) I try not to take life too seriously and have a bit of fun. I'm married. um, So sorry. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> Dan is off the market. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my one shot. Yeah. My glory. Sorry, bro. Yes, I'm married uh, to a lovely Malaysian woman. And uh, she's cool. She's an accountant. She keeps my finances in order. And uh, it's been fun. Uh, we've only been married for one short year. Just recently had our one year anniversary. Congrats. Uh, Thank That's you. awesome. And how relevant with the accounting as well in this uh, mm. fi- end of financial year at the time of recording. Absolutely. Um, I love that you talk about how you're a bit of a clown and I mm. uh, sort of see how it reflects in the way that you post online and how engaging it can be. Nice um, I also remember we've met prior. Mm. We went and got a coffee and we were actually looking for a bar me in the yeah. middle of Melbourne. Yeah. And the store that I tried to take you to did not, <laughs> closed. Did, closed. Wait, no, it's fully like, it's not there. It's it's not there anymore. I forget the name of it, but it was down in Emporium, down mm. the basement level. Um, It's just gone. It's disappeared. So it wasn't meant to be. We weren't meant to have that bar me. Maybe no. we can have that another time. Um, But you are not from Melbourne initially. Can you talk to right. the listeners a bit about your upbringing and where you did come from? Yeah, man. Uh, so I was born in Taiwan. So for those of you who don't know where Taiwan is, it's a little country size of a little, it's a tiny island next to China, often gets mixed up with China and Taiwan. So I was born there in 97, uh, back in 97. And then when I was one and a half years old, my family decided to immigrate and, and move all our asses to New Zealand. And uh, very fortunate because New Zealand is a beautiful country. It's so good to grow up in as a kid. No stress whatsoever. Well, I think growing up there, I felt stressed. But if you grew up in New Ze- uh, Taiwan and then grew up in, and then for some time in New Zealand, you'd feel that stress difference. And so that's where I grew up. And a lot of like, you know, Kiwis, Maoris, oh, they're, they're, a fun, they're a fun group of people. And a lot of Tongans, Samoans. And then after high school in New Zealand, I'm, that's when I moved to Newcastle to, in Australia, New South Wales. So that's where I started to pursue my physiotherapy career. So I spent four, three, three, four years there. And then I moved to Tamworth, which is in regional New South Wales, about three and a half hours inland. And that's where I completed my new grad year after uni. I got a pretty sick private practice job and I spent 
nearly three years there. Um, got married and then spent two weeks in Melbourne for a honeymoon. And then we were like, we, 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 we went back to Tamworth and we were like, far out. We could, we could live in Melbourne, eh? Like, because Tamworth is it's, it's a lovely country town. It's beautiful, lovely people. But in terms of the food and the culture, it's kind of just Australian. Which is nothing wrong with it, but we we're I'm Taiwanese, my wife's Malaysian, and we we love our food, yeah. our nasi lemaks, our <laughs> laksa, fried rice, you name it. And so Melbourne offered all of that. So people ask us, you know, why did you move to Melbourne? And honestly, it's for the food. <laughs> Not even joking. It sounds like a superficial answer. <laughs> no, I love that Melbourne. Shout out Melbourne, number one. Uh Food destination, I reckon. We've yeah. just got some good spots, I would say. Good bun me's, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> Still haven't had one. <laughs> Not existed. Uh, we'll have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> good, I love it. Um, so talk to us a bit about like your multicultural upbringing. You know, like parents moved from Taiwan. Um, what was that all like? And, and what were the reasons behind that? Mm. So my mum was, my mum and dad, they both worked very high-stress jobs. So my mum worked as a, a TV reporter, like a presenter. And back in the day, like I'm talking 1960s or 70s, I'm probably 70s, my mum would kill me. Um, probably around 1970s, there was only three main news channels. So if you weren't part of one, you were part of the other. And there was a lot of um, competition and beef between the three. So everyone was chasing that latest story, first on the scene, getting those exclusive details. So naturally, my mom was always on the road, um, traveling and in very high stress. And on the other hand, my dad, he was an orthopedic surgeon. So he was, as you know, office chops as well. It's like doing surgeries, consulting, trying to provide for the family as well. Like same with my mom. So both, both my mom and dad, they were just super stressed all the time. And at the time, they already had my brother, my sister, and uh, I was probably on the way. And then they did a, a bit of a family holiday to New Zealand. And at the time, they were already thinking about moving away from, from the high-stress environment because it just wasn't good for their health. And then they moved to New Zealand, and then they just loved it. They loved the chill, beautiful... First of all, they just loved the air, the quality of air, compared to Taiwan where there's you know particles and motorcycles left, right, and center. In New Zealand, you got nothing but sheep. And beautiful air. So they loved it. And then that's what ultimately drove them into moving to, to New Zealand. So growing up, I so I was fortunate. I was, I was only one and a half, so I don't remember the flight. Apparently, my mum took me and two rice cookers. And we still use them to this day. That, really? It makes the best rice. Wow. Fluffy. Fluffy rice. Fluffy rice. So growing up, I, I was mainly remembering I was only the only Asian kid in the school, oh, not in the school, but in the class. So naturally copped a bit of racism because um, kids, you know, they see someone that's, that they don't recognize and maybe there's, there's a bit of um, fear involved as well. So got a, got a bit of racism growing up, but I think that's actually helped me a lot growing up, like just building that in, that resilience as well. Um, but yeah, growing up, lots of white kids, lots of Maoris and Tongans. So we had a good laugh, had a good time together. Mm. Um, I guess as many of us know, like an upbringing can mold so many of our beliefs, mm. values and, and behaviors as well. So it's upsetting to hear about your experience, but I think naturally it happens. How, mm. how did that sort of affect your personal growth? So 
I'd used to come home and complain to my mum, like, oh, mum, Michael said I've, you know, squinty eyes and, you know, oh, oh the, the, the worst thing was my mum would make this mad fried rice and, you know, you know, with spam and kimchi and and it's the it's the stinky things. Like it's not the the best smelling, but you know, if you like it, you love it. And I remember just opening up my flask. Not flask, sorry, that's where you put oh, the alcohol. Thermo- <laughs> the flask. <laughs> yeah, so I was drinking alcohol in school. I moved yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um what, a thermos. Thermos, thermos yeah, the yes. things like the metal the metal things that kept your food warm. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, I remember just kids at school being like, "Oh, what's that smell? It stinks, bro!" And and um, I used to just get really self-conscious about my food. And as we talked about before, food is a big part of. I love food. Food is a big part of me. Um, so I think it's it, it was tough at at certain points. But I think the good thing about it is because I grew up in New Zealand, so I spoke English well. Um, I didn't really have a, a Chinese accent like my parents did. And so that actually helped a lot in, in the sense that at least I sound like them. Mm. So they maybe accepted it a little bit more. It is a bit hard um, hearing those sorts of things. And, mm. and it's really disappointing to hear that sometimes, like, yeah, when you and I open our mouths, yeah. it sounds like, oh, great English. Wow, they speak perfect English. So yeah. it's an interesting conversation, that one. And sometimes it's hard to eliminate that bias when you do hear a certain accent or the English might not be like up to the standard. So yeah, it's, yeah uh, it's an interesting conversation, that one. I agree. Um, I want to m- shift the focus over to your parents as well. You yeah. know, like dad's an orthopedic surgeon, yeah. mum's running around chasing the latest news and just like out and about off on the road. Did these sort of habits instill within you or do you feel that they raised, like were they present in the, in the upbringing stage for you? It's a great question. I'm the youngest of three, or three siblings. So my brother's 12 years older than me, and my sister's seven years older than me. So there's a huge age gap. Mm. So when my family first moved from Taiwan to New Zealand, my brother, him being a bit older and going through school, he copped the most strictness from my parents. My mum had me when she was 40. So she wasn't a, a spring chicken. My dad was 42. And... Um, in, this, in a sense, so my brother copped the most strictness. I, I suppose that's why he's working as a psychiatrist now. Um, pretty successful fella. And, you know, he worked his ass off and he was definitely, not to say controlled, but definitely molded by my parents' upbringing a bit more. And then got to my sister. And by the time that they got to my sister, things had gotten more relaxed. And then by the time they got to me, Oh, whatever. Like, do whatever you want. You want you want gym membership? Yeah, have five. <laughs> so I was the young. I was the youngest in my family to have a gym membership, to to play like three sports at one time. I was playing tennis, basketball, and soccer. Like, not competitive, but I was playing them recreationally. Whereas my brother probably only played basketball. Um, so I got away with a lot more. So I reckon if this conversation, probably my brother copped it the most. I definitely, I was brought up in New Zealand, so I'm more, I'm heaps more chill. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the older siblings. Uh, yeah. I am one myself. I feel like you clear a lot of the barriers yeah. uh, that parents have. And I think, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, like how parents uh, want to project, like obviously their best, best interest, but also like mold it as like their, mold it as your best interest as mm. well. So for your older brother, 
it's cool that he's like in the psychiatrist scene and everything. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I've always, I've never been able to describe and articulate it, as mm. you can probably tell right now. But yeah, it's always an interesting discussion seeing the trajectory of like younger siblings coming through into the picture and like yeah. what sort of career decisions they take. Yeah. And obviously you've spoken to me about like why I do the podcast and the message mm. that I'm trying to bring. I guess with your career pathway, mm. obviously it was a bit more lax and chill compared to that of your sister and your brother. Yeah. But did you still feel that sort of pressure to live up to those expectations that they were sort of um, paving the way through? Yeah, I did. I did. But in the sense, it, it was good because my dad, he's always been a very logical man, um, given he was an orthopedic surgeon. So it's probably ingrained into his personality. Um, so our family did a lot of uh, sit down, serious chats. We love our chats as a family. And I think at the time you're like, oh, this is so annoying. Why are we chatting as a family? But now that I'm not with my family, they're in New Zealand, I'm, I'm in Melbourne. I actually really miss those chats. And every time we get back together, that's something I really look forward to is just sitting down as a fam, talking about life, talking about career, um, whatever. So that's, yeah, that's something really special. And so uh, growing up, I, I had a, quite a few extensive long chats about, you know, so what are you going to do with your life, Dan, and, and career choices. So we went through phases of, does Dan want to be a teacher? Or does Dan want to be uh, work in a lab? Um, and my sister was like, there's no way Dan's working in a lab. He's going to knock over every, you know, bodily fluids everywhere. <laughs> so that got ruled out. And then my brother was like, why not, why not physio? You know, you like to train you you're a pretty funny guy you like to talk to people that's the three things put together so that's hence why i see it more seriously more in my last few years of high school really pursued physio as a career yeah definitely and i think like i can resonate that with that a lot and i think a lot of people can as well mm. it gets to that age where maybe it's year 10 and mm. you're about to transition into your vca or, or mm. you know like your final years of high school and those conversations start to come up about so what are you going to do with your yeah. life? And, oh, let's gel these sort of interests together to yeah. see, like, if that's the career pathway that you want to go. And it, and for the most part, it sounds like it's worked for you. Yeah. But I think it's it's sad to see sometimes that happens mm. and people get put in careers that maybe they thought they were destined to be in but yeah. not really um, actually fulfilled in. Sort yeah, of thing. for sure. I, I remember growing up, um, naturally, you, you have family, friends, and at every family gathering, there's always that, that part of the night where the conversation directs to the kids. And then naturally the comparisons begin. The drive home, my mum's like, so uh, uh, Ling's daughter wants to uh, study uh, medicine. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? And so just like it's subtle, but it, it does kind of eat away at you sometimes. And sometimes you think if you're not studying medicine or law or dentistry, you're not good enough. Um, but luckily... That didn't really happen with me. So they were always just supportive of whatever I wanted to do. Yeah, I love that so much. Mm. I guess let's get into like your physio practice. Yep. Uh, I think it's like a really niche way that you're bringing this lighthearted yet engaging personality that's posting educational content and relatable content as yeah, well. Yeah. I remember you talking about how you're trying to pitch it to the general public because they can relate. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, oh, I just need like a touch up. <laughs> I like yeah. my physio appointment. And those just a tune up. Yeah, <laughs> just a tune up. That's it. That's <laughs> the lingo. <laughs> so you've written an ebook on like your five tips on uh, private practice physiotherapy. Yes. 
Is that, yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, and you've, you're pretty vocal about like how uni can be a bit of a miss mm. with the types of practices or challenges that you have to go through. So let's start with the university conversation. Like, I think this is something that I can relate with where you start to look at the quality of education that you're getting yeah. and the amount of debt that you're putting yourself under yeah. and the gaps that are pre- pre- apparent mm-hmm. um, with the education. So like, has this been something that's weighed on you while you're in the workforce or did you see it while you were studying as well? No, nah, man, honestly, I didn't see it while I was studying. While studying, I was just trying to get through and pass. So when you're studying and especially as a student, you I feel like most students are just so hungry to learn and they'll just eat up whatever is given to them. And so I think more so after working a couple of years, you go back and you think about, yeah, uni, not, not to bag out uni because they can only do so much. So I think as physios, we should treat uni as like the stepping stone. So it's a it's a compulsory stepping stone that you have to get through. The real learning starts not even after uni. The real learning can actually start while you're a student. You should go go out there and, and shadow a physio that you admire and you might go, yeah, that's not what I want to do. Or you might go and, and shadow some physios in the hospital and be like, wow, this is intense. This is awesome. This is what I want to do. So... The, for me, in hindsight, looking back, I don't think that uni set us, set us well in the sense that um, to do with human communication and human psychology. So I wish we had a paper at least on how to uh, not counsel someone through grief and anxiety and depression because that's definitely outside of our scope, but just how to be empathetic and um, do that in the way that's not stepping outside of your scope. Jeez, imagine if uni could teach us how to be empathetic. I feel like we'd have less problems in the world or yeah. like less arguments. <laughs> exactly. That, I feel like I want to jump to the mental health aspect then yep. about physiotherapy because you do touch on the fact that you have, have to counsel mm-hmm. anxiety um, mm-hmm. and maybe the trauma surrounding injuries and those yep. sorts of things. Like I myself, I'm going through an injury right now and whenever it comes to like squatting or like squat mechanic movements, I just like freeze up slightly. Yeah. I still do it, but there's obviously that trauma in the back of my mind, or it could be a completely different story where it's like someone's really stressed at work. They're yeah. coming in to have an appointment with you and they're just unleashing like all time. their trauma <laughs> onto you. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Cause I feel like it's not spoken about as much. No, nah, and that's actually a big point in the ebook that I made as well, is that uni doesn't prepare you for the the mental aspect and the mental baggage that can come with working as a physio. Um, I feel like a lot of people think of physiotherapy, they might think of, oh yeah, great massage. I do give great massages, by the <laughs> way. Ask my wife. No, sorry, no, no, so, yeah, you think of physio, you think of dry needling, you think of exercise, you think of rehab, injuries, whatnot. But what we don't talk about enough is that injuries and pain is associated with so much mental baggage and trauma. So, you know, just this morning I had a lady who is, who hurt herself at the gym um, this morning and then booked in to see me and... Fantastic, because I had a, I had a slot, and um, she came in. And she was hobbling. She was very very fearful about her injury, 
But as she was telling me her story, in the in my mind, I'm thinking, this will come good in a week. Like, why are you so freaked out? But what she doesn't know is that it will come good in a week, and she's probably scared that she's she's probably fearful that she's broken something or torn something, and she's probably thinking about, oh, you know, my dad had an injury similar to this, and now he's you know can't walk or in a wheelchair. So your brain naturally catastrophizes. So. Part of my job this morning was just to listen to her story and listen to her anxieties and then try to break down some of those barriers. And, you know, it's an art to do that and it's no, I'm no way um, professional or really good at it. I'm getting better to compare to when I first began, but it's like a muscle, right? You've got to train it to mm. get better at it. Uh, you know, Jaden and I, we don't wake up this jacked, right? <laughs> well, you can speak for yourself, man. I'm just like, I'm just, I don't know. Nah, bro. We, we fill out the same, the same shit. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, it yeah. actually dates me back to, and shout out uni, far out. This is something that I've learned. I mm. just had to quickly Google and double check Yeah, it. yeah. But um, credence qualities. So mm. in service relationship marketing, we learned about credence qualities. Right. And this concept is about when a consumer is consumed a certain service, so say your physiotherapy yep. practice, yep. they still don't know whether it's good or not. Right. So it's really interesting that you bring the empathy aspect of it because obviously your client or patient doesn't know whether you're actually getting better sort of thing. So it's up to a service relationship marketer yep. to be able to cross that barrier and mm. that bridge. So being able to eliminate the credence quality of their doubts about the service. Yeah, well, there you go. Didn't know that. So yeah. this is, I think we should have a marketing paper yep. in, in our physio as well. 100%. So it's actually really interesting that you talk about uh, bridging the gap and yeah. um, dealing with sort of the trauma and yeah. being able to navigate through the certain stages of, I guess, grief when you've injured yeah. yourself. So For sure. Oh, another thing I'd like to add is that um, at one point in my career, when I was in Tamworth, Tamworth has lots of uh, work-related injuries. Um, I, th I feel like a lot of people work in abattoirs, factories. They get a lot of shoulder injuries, repetitive strain injuries. And when you see workers' compensation patients, you see them, you, you have the luxury of being able to see them a bit more regularly, so once a week. Um, usually if it's a private patient, you probably won't go once a week just due to like financial stuff. But with a workers' comp, you can afford to see them that more. So naturally, you build rapport. You and initially, it's it's a very professional relationship, but over time, you become more like friends, or in a way. Mm -hmm. And so they will then start to share things that probably is inappropriate in terms of, um, like mental mental aspect stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's inappropriate, but it's just not something. I don't have the skills. I don't have the skills appropriate to help counsel someone through this. But you're not just going to be like, whoa, 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 don't, don't tell me about your dad's passing. Yep. Don't tell me about that. Um, this is not what I'm here to do. As the physio in the room, you just you just be quiet and you just listen and um, offer tissues if needed uh, for, for lots of tears. I remember at one week I went through a whole box of tissues just because people were just kind of crying and, and doing that. So... And then you go from one half an hour consult where someone's like crying to you and then you go, all right, well, we'll catch you next week. And then you go out to get your next patient and you're like, oh, good day, um, uh, Mary, come on in. And how, how's your week been? <laughs> so you go from oh one, 
So if you get really busy, you, that's something yeah. you tend to have to do is just go from really, really down in the pits, almost crying with the patient, being like, oh, come on in, let's get you strong. And Wow. And how, what's it like navigating that challenge? Like, I can imagine how confused you would be mentally because you're like, what sort of emotion am I meant to be feeling right now? Correct. Correct. So that's where I go. That's, and then that's why I like what you said before about the um, the Lulu lemon lingo, the, the clearing the energy in the, in the room, that sort of thing is if you need to take a minute, go outside, go to the toilet, put some cold water on your face, res- you know, press that reset button. And then patients don't really care if you're running five, 10 minutes late. They're at a console, they're expecting, they're almost like expecting you to run late. So it's okay. So, it's okay. so my biggest tip to new grads is, if you need to take five minutes just to get that, get your emotions under control, take those five minutes. You're better to be 10 minutes late than to be doing like crappy, crappy treatment. Definitely. And it's cool because we can actually take that, um, I guess, like analogy and put it into even a life aspect as well. Mm-hmm. It's like take that time to just yeah. figure it out a little bit and just reset your emotions instead of subscribing to the narrative of, Fast pace, fast pace, fast pace. Yeah. I think it's almost um, over, what's that word? Over glorified yeah, glor- to be busy yeah. yep. and to be run off your feet. But we're human and we've only got a certain capacity to deal with stuff. So if, you've at, if you're at that capacity and you're not doing okay, what's the point of going to you know keep filling up a cup that's already full? You need to do something to... To, to clear the area and sort your stuff out. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So talk to us about your trajectory as well. So was it the high school, uni, straight into the workforce scene? Is that? Yep. Yep. And how have you found that? Well, because I don't know anything different, I'm, I think it's going pretty good. I think it's, uh, I think uh, if you were to ask me, should I have taken a gap year or um, after, after school? Um, I honestly don't know. Mm. I don't know what that'd been like. I think in my family, it's that's just the way that how we how we did it. So I never really questioned it. Uh, but yeah, I can't really comment too much about that. I I, I think I don't really like to waste too much time. <laughs> so not to say taking gap year is a waste of time because you can you know, discover yourself and go, go to Europe, discover yourself, yeah, that, like the whole of Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, literally. Right now, four out of five of my colleagues. Sorry. Three out of five of my colleagues are in Europe. Damn, you're holding down the fort. I am. I am, literally. <laughs> Damn the man. 25-year <laughs> holding down a whole clinic. Anyway, it's half burnt down, but that's, <laughs> that's uh, another conversation. Sorry, boss, if you're listening to this. <laughs> but yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you're speaking from perspective, and that's like why mm. I do this podcast. Like I want to gather as many perspectives as possible, and it's cool to see that, you know, you've found what you do love doing yep. um, and that was through like this streamlined pathway. Yeah. So it's cool to see like some people who don't find it, take the gap year, find themselves yep. and then start doing things or like yourself, that streamlined pathway or mm. it's like trying multiple different things and yeah. then finally getting it right. Yeah. Funny you mentioned that because I remember at uni, <clears throat> I remember at uni, a lot of my classmates, some of them were mature age. And they're not here to f around. They're here to they're here to like work. And they're the ones that people make fun of because they sit in the front of the class 
whole, the whole class back asking those questions. Some are good questions, some are dumbass questions, but we won't go there. There's no dumb questions. <laughs> Just dumb people. <laughs> no. <laughs> nah, jokes. <laughs> but um, yeah, like these mature students, they, they're not here to mm. muck around. And then convert. On the other end of the spectrum, you get these fresh eighteen-year-olds who are just here to muck around. They don't—they got a high ATAR because they're just brilliant, <laughs> but they're just here. They don't know if they want to do physio or whatever they want to do. They're just in here, just I don't know, muck around. And so you can really see the two different ends of the spectrum. Thankfully for me, my parents instilled these values in me. Like, don't whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability. So I wasn't there to muck around, but you could see that as the bystanders be like interesting yeah what is your stance on that and do you as you i guess progress further and further into the physio scene like do you see more interns or people who are trying to shadow you um or even shadow within the clinic to be these sorts of people who like just did it for the sake of doing it um i think physio is a career where you've got to have some passion to it because it can really burn you out from all the stuff that we just talked about, the mental, the, the mental aspect. So the students that I've had in my uh, my, my old clinic, because my old clinic was a teaching clinic, so we get lots of uni students come through. So a lot of them would shadow, just shadow me to see how I operate. Um, and I always have conversations with them. Like I just say, hey guys, you've got to make sure you look after your, your body and your physical health and your mental health so that you can better service other people. Because if you're running on dry and there's just nothing you can give anymore. So I, that's what, um, oh, that light just changed Hello. really nice. You're almost like glowing to me. <laughs> but yeah, that's the conversation I like to have. Yeah. I think passion is important yeah. in our profession. And so what is it like being a mentor and seeing whether there is passion or whether there's no passion? Like how do you navigate those conversations? If I don't see passion, I like to find out why there's no passion. Maybe they're in it for the money. If that's the case, you're in the wrong career, boo-boo. Physio is not a very... Oh, it, it depends if you start owning clinics and or seeing like a 1,000 patients a, a day, then that's where the money is, but also you get burnt out really quickly. So if you want to make money, there's so many other better, less stressful ways of, of doing that. Um, sorry, what was your question? How do you Passion. navigate... Um, yeah, I guess like talking about passion mm. identifying lack of passion and how do you navigate through talking to your students or, or people that come through that possess either qualities yeah because yeah definitely there are some students out there that are just really book smart mm. and then there are other students out there that aren't necessarily book smart but they've got a really good way with people and just they've got that passion for physiotherapy and i suppose in the long term it's those people that are passionate probably goes a bit further because it can become there are physios in our in our job that we call them dinosaur physios where they just do the same crap day in and day out like ultrasound machines which has zero evidence to do anything other than like placebo um sorry if i've just popped anyone's bubble but that's the truth um tens machines massage like physios that only focus on the passive and don't do anything about lifestyle modification, um, just basic exercises. So those dinosaurs out there, and they, and some of them are earning really, really good money. So I think identifying 
that early is good because if you identified it early, you could potentially nip it in the bud. And then maybe those people that don't have passion, maybe they can go to more research base where they don't interact with people. Mm. Um, and then those with passion, they're the ones that should be working and taking the research on board and, and delivering it to the gym pop. Mm. I love that. And what is it like finding your passion? You've stumbled upon it pretty quickly, I would say, mm. and like taking that streamlined path. What yeah. does it feel like? Well, first of all, I like to say, I think my passion comes with, comes from my dad. My dad, he's a super, he, even though he's an orthopedic surgeon, so it sounds like it's like a bad thing, isn't it? But no, since he's an orthopedic surgeon, people tend to see surgeons and doctors as very serious um, looming characters. Mm. But my dad, he's the absolute man. Like you can be like, hey dad, tell me a joke. And he would just bust a joke. It's not even funny, but he, he's got jokes in his head and he's a bit of a clown. So I think I've taken, I've, he's obviously my dad. I'm, I'm half him. So I've taken, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> hey, you never know, man. What? Secrets. <laughs> Why is that good? Okay. Yes. Sorry, sorry. No, don't. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> man, this podcast is turning, having a, going for yeah. a weird turn. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> but um, yeah, so my dad's an absolute um, larrikin, mm. despite his, his career as an orthopedic surgeon. Um, so I've taken that and I've, I really, I enjoy, I get a kick out of making people happy and making people smile. So that's why my content's all mostly funny and mostly humorous. And I don't know, it just feels good. Feels good. I think I do it out of a selfish way. It just makes me feel good to make other people feel good. I love my it. wife will probably disagree. In oh, terms of, <laughs> in terms of what? As in like, she probably goes, well, you don't make me feel good. <laughs> hey, but... um. I do, I do. I, I try mean, my best to be a good hubby. Yeah, you talked about the mas massages, so I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure that's fine. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I want to move on to um, the social media aspect of things. Sure, the flexing physio. Uh, you said it started two years ago, and I feel like. Wait, how did you stumble across Life with Lem? Um, Instagram, Instagram. It just popped up. I saw you. It was um, the 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 surgeon. Uh, Coda Shorts Coda Okay Yes What's his name? Mark Mark Shout out Mark Lim Lim I was like Lamb? Lim Lim Shout out So I, I saw it It caught my eye And I thought Man this is cool I want to I get on this potty And now I'm doing it Yay Woohoo <laughs> That's so good it's, it's so cool to see Like the connections That you're able to make Through social media and, Yeah man And like Obviously both in the Health and wellness sort of space like this yeah. podcast does talk a bit more about like career stuff mm. but i think there's that health and wellness aspect to it as well yeah at least i hope there is but talk to us about the flexing physio like you started it with what intention like did you intend to gather all these sponsorships or or mm. create the content that you're doing talk to us a bit about it honestly bro when i made it it was um i was still living in tamworth i was still working in that uh busy private practice clinic and that's that's where my own podcast was born, but that at the time it was more between me, my boss, and a colleague. But um, I was the only one doing like the the tech stuff, the actually recording, the editing. So I, it was kind of like my baby. But they were just the, I guess you can say, co my colleagues that jumped on the potty because mm. you can't exactly have a conversation with, with yourself. I you mean, Jaden probably one. does, but. <laughs> I have, uh, <laughs> sad to say. Yeah, it's all right. Got man. no friends. We, we've all been there. 
So it, it was born out of Tamworth in a small cl- in a, the, the, the clinic that I was at with the intention of, I don't even know, to be honest, is if you scroll back to my earliest videos, I think what I was trying to do was just have a physio platform that I can call, that I can be the brand rather than be my clinic's brand. Because you know, there are a lot of physio clinics out there with um, the physio clinic mm. The, the brand of the physio clinic, whatever it may be, <clears throat> but the individual physios don't have their own, so they just post whatever mm. onto the, the clinic page, which is fine. But I, I wanted something that I could call, yeah, go, go to my Instagram and have a look. So initially my videos were more like, oh, if you've got this shoulder pain, do these three exercises, blah, blah, blah. But now it's transformed because I think I posted a couple memes and that kind of uh, blew up a little mm-hmm. bit. So like, oh, people like seeing this stuff. And I like making it because it's funny. It is very funny. Thanks, thanks, man. And so that's kind of what I've been making more of with a bit of um, because I also like doing I like what you're doing with your TikTok. I love it because I lo- that's the videos that on my for you page. It's all day in the life stuff, uh, cooking, uh, just daily daily activities, and I love that. So I've tr- I'm trying to seep some of that life stuff into my content as well. Um, but most of my most of the videos that do well are the memes. Yeah, <laughs> but definitely. stuff you. I want to do. I want to. I want to make content that I enjoy making, which is the training stuff, the day in the life vlogs, and yeah, yeah, like watch, watch back and smile. And yeah, definitely. It's like when you post it up to the story and you're just the only one like kicking yeah. over it. <laughs> That's the only thing. Um, I had this chat with Ben. It should be out before your episode. Yeah. Um, but he said, "Document, don't create." Mm. to make uh, your life a lot easier. So it's actually sure. cool because people want to see an insight into yep. like your life, what you're doing as a physio. So you could do like a day in the life of the physio or I could do something like I was doing today, like recording you, recording the whole process behind the scenes of mm. recording podcasts. And I think people really do enjoy seeing that like, yep. little aspect. Behind the scenes is a, is a big one. Just a question. Roughly when will this episode be live Like from now? Interesting. Roughly. I get a month. A month? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. No, the reason why I ask is um, like currently this is a bit of a, a, a on the DL, but I'm actually on the process of starting my own clinic. Congrats. Thank you. That's so good. It's That's okay. So By exciting. the time this comes out, it should be it should be live. That's so exciting. Yeah. So I just, um I haven't told my boss yet. So that's why I was okay, like, cool. yeah, probably if it's going to go out like next I'll, week. I'll let you know because I'll keep this slip uh, snippet in yep. if it if it's all good. Oh, that's 100%. It yeah. should be fine. Should, like, be fine. should be fine. Oh my God, congrats. Thanks, man. So that's why I was asking about like, where did you get the rogue plates? Just yeah. asking for a friend quietly, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's been something that's been behind the scenes and kind of me and my wife have been looking at buildings and we've potentially got a building. My dream is to build a multidisciplinary clinic Mm. where you've got psychologists, dietitians, EPs, PTs, and have a decent gym space. You, you do see a rise of that. I was literally at one the other day. Um, Mm. shout out to movement by design, Mm. Luke Bryan. I've done a podcast with him as well. Uh, he's an osteo situated in South Melbourne mm. in this little health clinic um, with, I think it's CrossFit 3000 or I think they're called Fit Lab at the moment. Yep. But it's this little cool. health hub. They have a recovery center. They have oh, yeah. the osteo. They have the CrossFit gym and those sorts of things. And I think you see a rise yeah. of collaborations with those sorts of practices. And I think it's so important that 
within the health and wellness space, you are collaborating with each other because not yeah. everyone's going to encompass everything and a solution for everyone. Right. So if you so have true. this health hub with dietitians, nutritionists, osteos, physios, chiros, or even like a, a sports psychologist as well. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be so cool. That'd be awesome. Can you reveal the name? Uh, well, at the moment, I'm kind of like, I'm just going to call it the Flexing Physio Clinic. Potentially, it. but it's still early days. Mm. Anything could change. That name could have already been taken by another clinic in Sweden. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a popular name, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, fair enough. Um, That's amazing, man. I'm so excited. Thanks, man. I really, I really hope it does well. And um, yeah, it's going to be a journey and a half, but I'm just on my phone, just documenting the, the journey. So once things get up and running, then I can show you know, months prior, what, what has all happened behind the scenes and and also just for me and my family to be like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. So, um, watch back and just remember where you came from. Yeah. Um, talk to us about content creation and everything. Yeah. I know you put like a lot of niche stuff and, and pretty personable and funny mm. videos. Mm. Um, I guess like you're only a little bit older, so you've still grown up mm. with the social media in, in the picture. But what has the parents' outlook been on it and those sorts of things? Like, do they know about the flexing physio and stuff? Yeah, my mom actually follows me. (laughs) But she's always like, Daniel, why you post all these silly video? Like, (laughs) what does that mean? I'm like, mom, just don't worry. Just look at my other stuff. Just, yeah, don't worry about that. Uh, But yeah, no, my mom actually follows me. And so shout out, mom. (laughs) You're you're a legend. Um, They don't really, they don't really have a, they don't care. Pretty much, they just go, oh yeah, this is what young people do these days. So, it is what it is. It is sort what of. it is. <laughs> and where do you come up with all the ideas? Like, obviously, through practice, you're yeah. getting these memes and thinking about uh, like relatable content um, <laughs> that you can post within the physio scene. <laughs> I'm just thinking of you with a client right now. I'm just like, Haha, you're gonna be my next meme. <laughs> Me too, man. I'm just thinking, man. My, I, I should be focusing on listening to you talk <laughs> but i'm just thinking about memes <laughs> no. your client's like i'm gonna be the next flexing physio yeah. victim yeah i make sure that they don't follow my social media <laughs> or else they're gonna sue me yeah literally yeah my face hurts from laughing <laughs> oh. good. so yeah has content creation like always been in the picture for you as well or do you feel like it's just been this recent phenomenon Interesting question, man, because my mum, she's very much uh, more literature creative. So I think I'm more similar to my mum than I am my dad. And my mum, with her creative side, she's she's awesome at writing uh, creative stories. And she's actually got like masters in English in New Zealand. It's freaking, it's amazing. And so taking that creative side of my mind, I started making YouTube. I don't know if people um, want to go look, but I, I have a YouTube channel. And um, I started making videos and more vlog type content when I was about 17. And at the time, it was just me and my crappy iPod and just filming and then put, putting on an iMovie. To be fair, I still use iMovie. It's a fantastic free resource if I you recommend. are Apple users. Um, but yeah, the, I started doing that from quite a young age and just over the years gotten slightly better at it and my transitions are slightly better music all that sort of stuff yeah but i've always loved it i think i i love it more so for the fact that i can go back in five years ten years time and be like damn that was a fun day (laughs) or like damn like that donut was delicious that bun me oh wait no too soon (laughs) (laughs) that bun me still hasn't happened but we'll we'll make it happen maybe we'll make a vlog one day about it man literally the the day we have a bun me together i reckon it'll be a special moment yeah man one million views (laughs) 
But just being able to go back in years' time and just reminisce. I do it more so for me and my family mm. and anyone who else, anyone who wants to come along with the ride. Yeah, I love that so much. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool to look back and uh, reminisce on the sentimental moments of, of how young you were and those sorts of things. And I think it's yeah. so easy to lose track of it in such a fast-paced environment. Yeah. So I've always loved that aspect of content creation because you can, yeah. yeah, just scroll back and yeah. be like, oh, my God, like I remember that day where I hung out with my friends and had that yeah. bummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that bummy sort of thing. So. And another thing is that some things you can't capture from writing stuff down or I think some things is best captured by video. And, and there's that argument of being, you've got to be present, man. Like, be present in the moment. I think there's a time and place to be present. Um, like, if you're with your wife and you're filming the whole thing, I think, I, in my opinion, I think you, if you do that all the time, then it's like, it takes away from that human interaction. Mm -hmm. But my opinion is, I want to do this for future me as well. So, I want to make content so that I can watch back in five years' time and, and just relive those moments and more so importantly just to remember where we all started where, where i started so that's why i've been secretly just filming stuff on my phone on all this um on all this clinic stuff that is happening behind the scenes and so and hopefully in five years time i can look back and be like man i was so clueless that day i had no idea what i was doing but you know now that this clinic is set up and making you know billions of dollars it's um yeah, it's good. I love it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna open a bar me shop. Yes, you in should. In my clinic. Oh, that would be and then so good. You're not allowed. <laughs> you're gonna close it whenever I come in. Yeah, just oh, fence so, it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, Jaden's allowed. No. Damn. I'm gonna sue you or something. Jeez. <laughs> I love it. Um, I think it's like it's so cool to see as well, like. Obviously, on your um, Instagram page, you've reached out to so many people and collaborated with a lot of people. And you can see the growth, sort of. I think I followed you when you had like 2,000 or so followers. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you're almost at 4K Yeah, at the moment. I, I've hit 4K. You hit 4K? I've okay, 4K. I haven't even checked it. Woo! Let's go. That's so good. Give me a so, medal. Yeah, <laughs> literally. How do you break the barrier of putting yourself out there and just like not taking yourself, not taking yourself so seriously? I think mm. like you talk about your dad not taking himself so seriously mm. and you've said that you've been like that um as a kid mm. do you think the reason why was because of your upbringing where you were subject to bullying and those sorts of things like yeah. has that shaped you into the person you are yeah 100 percent. i think i've discovered at a young age that if you take yourself too seriously then you get hurt easier so if you if someone comes up to you about hey squinty eyes and then you go yeah, yeah, that's, you know, my eyes are a bit squinty. Then they go, oh, yeah, this, um, I, I can't hurt them. So I think if you just if you just take life a little bit more from a chill point of view, um, life is a lot more fun and a lot more chill and uh, less stress because I think stress is good in optimal amounts. So there's that uh, upside down C or inverted U or some, some sort of a graph that I like to use. Um, obviously not often because I don't even know what shape it is. <laughs> but there's that optimal stress zone where things tend to get stronger and adapt. But then you go too much stress. I think it's a, a bell curve. Bell curve. And then you have too much stress. And that's when things tend to break down. That's when like your tendons and tissue and, and muscles, too much stress, you rupture or you, or you, you tear the muscle. Too little stress the muscle's not going to grow. It's going to get weak because there's no stress to it. So you want to be in that somewhere in that middle 
And so it's not comfortable. Stress isn't comfortable. Um, that's why that's uh, this is the spiel I have with my patients pretty much on the daily is that you know these exercises or doing this five minute walk is is not going to be comfortable. But did anyone ever get strong from being comfortable? No, no one goes to the gym being like having a smile while doing their three RM. Uh, Jaden probably does. No, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Just, <laughs> yeah, FES. No, that's so right. And I think like you embody that a lot because mm. you the content you post is so chill and relaxed. And I think mm. just the way that you interact with people is so chill and relaxed. I've only met you twice now, <laughs> and we can and we're like laughing our heads off and those <laughs> sorts of things. So I can imagine that's the sort of energy that you provide mm. to other people that you meet. And like, you're not afraid to ask as well. You were talking about how you've done a podcast with Eugene and, and mm. you've gotten all these like supplement sort of like collaborations. Yeah, like they've just sent me stuff because I've asked, you know. Exactly. Like people go, well, did they send you all that just out of nowhere? I'm like, nah, bro. I, I just reached out and I said, hey, look, I, I use your stuff. Um, would be love to, to be an ambassador or, or get sponsored or whatever. And then sometimes they reach out and uh, they reply, like um, the supplement brand that I'm using, Faction Labs, they just sent me a bunch of their stuff. They say that they don't do sponsorships so they think it's a bit fake. And I said, yeah, fair enough. Um, but they, they're like, oh, but you obviously use our stuff, so we'll send you um, some stuff. And I got some stuff. <laughs> got a lot of stuff. Exactly. I love it. And, cool. and I think like you're an embodiment of obviously a very fortunate upbringing mm. of like your parents were so hardworking. Yeah. Um, you had to endure some hardship and I think that's such a key to growing up and yeah. and the life that we live in and you've forged your own pathway into the physio scene and you obviously have this sort of <clears throat> altruistic motive about like bettering students, filling in the gaps and you're very self-aware of the fact that it can be a very um, emotionally draining job mm. where you have to deal with a lot of patients who, who might um, subconsciously or unconsciously decide to trauma dump on you yeah. so it was a really interesting conversation and and you reach out and you're, you're such a creative guy thanks man um i really appreciate your time and I, I feel like if there's anything you want to end on uh nah, not 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 really i mean i really am thankful that we have this platform and the space to be able to have an open chat and not fear getting shot in the head you know just um I think it's great that we can do this and I just want to say thank you to for you and your lovely grandma who gave me some spicy spam for this. <laughs> yes. So shout out Jaden's grandma. Love her. Love her. Um, yeah, she's great. So thank you. I appreciate your time and this has been fun. We will need to sink our monster after this or something. 100%. I love it. Where can people find you? I'm on Instagram, um, the Flexing Physio. That's moi. And uh, hopefully when this clinic gets set up, then you can find me. Uh, through my Instagram, I should be posting stuff and follow me along for the journey. I hope it, uh, I hope it goes well. Love it. Dan's links will all be in the show notes below. Be sure to follow at Life with Len podcast on Instagram, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace. Mm -hmm.